Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Echo. Super glad that you are joining us. And on this episode, I have two awesome guests with me, Elder Gary Moyer and Pastor Ryan Hodgins. So, Gary, why don't we start with you? Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name is Gary Moyer. I've been a minister uh, for about uh, 25 years. I'm currently the Vice President for Administration for the Carolina Conference. Love what I do for the Lord. Awesome. And Ryan? Uh, I'm a pastor in the Charlotte area. Uh, my main focus is youth and young adult, and uh, they are the passion of my ministry. Awesome. So we're going to just jump right into today's topic, and uh, we try to always jump in with questions that people have that they may struggle to get an answer with. And typically, I find that those questions form out of things that we actually talk about a lot, but we never really explain. And so I'm hoping we can demystify a little bit of that. And there's a lot of mystery behind a personal relationship with with God. What does that actually look like in my life? And so that's what I, that's kind of the question I want to ask today and, and dive into. So any any kind of thoughts that that brings to your mind, first impressions when I talk about a personal relationship with God? Well, one of the things that for me has has come apparent is that a personal relationship with God really should look like a healthy relationship in another relationship in your life. Um, A lot of times we mystify what a relationship with God looks like, and really it should just be another relationship, which implies contact and time. True. Uh, One of the things that sometimes people think of when they're going to have a relationship with God or talk to him is, I have to know how to talk to God or say things a certain way. No, you talk to God as you talk to anyone else who you know and is close to you. You share your heart with that person. Hmm. Now, there's, in, 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 I guess, other relationships, though, it's really easy to have a conversation with someone face-to-face and they respond to you. And with especially when it comes to prayer, but just in a relationship with God, you're talking about this contact with someone else. So what do you do with the fact that, well, you don't have this other audible voice oftentimes speaking back to you? One of the things that helps me is I spend time in the Bible and I learn about God there and especially the Gospels. You see God best there because he came in the person of Jesus And so I know a lot about what he's like, and so I know who I'm talking to. So even though I don't hear a voice, I get an impression of what he would say and who I'm talking to. Hmm. I I find that sometimes, again, we we mystify this whole thing like it's you need to be holy or you need to speak in the King James or (laughs) whatever when we're talking with God. And one of the things that made a big impression on me was when I was— young and really struggling a lot, like with drugs and alcohol and all those things that go with it, my dad said to me, he said, Ryan, you can pray anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter. And that made a big difference in my walk with God because I just started talking to him. I'd be driving the car and I'd talk with him or I'd be um, 
reading and I would start thinking my thoughts to God. And so my communication became something that was more fluid with God, and it began to open the door for a changed life. And when you understand that the Bible says God is present through the Holy Spirit, who is not visible, that helps me. In other words, I know he's present, I just cannot see him. And uh, similar to what Ryan said about not needing to use the King James English and so on, sometimes I think we feel we have to be extra careful when we're talking to God. But I've found God can take anything we have to say. He already knows it anyway. Mm. I mean, when my first wife passed away, I was angry at God for, for a little while, and I told him so. And I felt free to do that. And it actually helped me go through the grieving process. Yeah, I, I think a relationship with God has to be real as well. Yeah. I, I remember when I was dating a girl and we broke up and I was confused because I thought that she was who God wanted me to be with. I remember straight up yelling at God. We were, <laughs> I was driving my truck and I was literally just yelling. I was having it out with God. And I always remember that because that was actually one of the best prayers I ever remember having that connected with God because I was being open and real. And not that God, um, you know, yes, he wants us to be reverent and things like that and respectful for who he is, but he also wants to have a personal relationship, and that includes how we feel. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's important. So prayer, obviously, is a huge part uh, or, or an identifier of of a relationship with Christ, but what are some of the other things that you would look for? Like if I'm trying to see, test the strength of my, uh, or, or measure, not test, but measure the strength of my relationship with Christ, or if I'm looking at someone else and, and you know, how, how do you know that person, wow, that person has a relationship with Christ? Like what are some of those kind of identifiers or things that you can look for? I know one of the things that has helped me and I see in others who generally have a relationship with Christ is a certain peace about them. It doesn't mean that they're perfect and nothing rattles them. But there's a, a pervasive piece in their life that you don't see in folks without that relationship. Hmm. Hmm. That's really good. I, um, it's really interesting, too. The times that I see that piece the most present is not just in the kind of the daily life or the daily activities of people, but, but really when, when things are tested. Like I think when I look at pastors even – um, the way that they handle pressure, the way that they – or the way that they handle messing up mm -hmm. um, is also huge to me um, because there's a lot of pressure that comes from messing up or failing, whether it's in front of their congregations or you know one-on-one -on -one in conversation. And the way that they own up to their mistakes, the way that they, they value apologizing to someone and not saying like, I'm sorry, but I was just having a bad day, but just saying, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. Please forgive me. Um, I – I've noticed that those are the kinds of people, because really what, what that says to me is that someone has learned the patience to take a step back and value the larger picture instead of that one individual moment. Yeah, that being able to be transparent with God, being real, and I think that comes from the relationship with God because you know you're loved regardless of anything. In other words, the Bible clearly shows that God loves us unconditionally. No matter what I've done, no matter how many times, no, how many, no matter how stupid I've been, 
God loves me just the same. That really frees me up to be at peace, to talk with him, to accept my mistakes, to admit them to you or anyone else. Wow. So how do you think how do you think a a relationship with Christ what what impact does it have on on yourself personally? What do you think kind of are the Well, I, I think it's uh to use this word transformative. It it changes who you are. Um and that that doesn't mean necessarily an immediate drastic day and night change, but it's slowly your character conforms to be like who God is. And the Bible describes God as merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in kindness and love, you know. And the the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love. And we often say the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, but all those other things are actually characteristics that come from love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And so when I get to know God, when I have a relationship with Him, I become that love. And those other things are then a result of my character because of the love. And so when we are connecting with God and He transforms us because we're in an uh, an interactive relationship with Him— we then reflect his love. Hmm. And it makes sense because that, that you would be changed by the relationship with Christ because there's a law of life that you become part of what you mm. are around. Yeah. And so when you spend time with Christ through prayer and in the word, you you become more like him over time. I think there's 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 a third aspect here, and I, part of it um is I want to respond to what you just said, which is it is transformative. And I think one of the things that we've the the, the lies we've kind of fallen for is that that transformation is always uh, uh, a happy one. <laughs> uh, a lot of that transformation is incredibly painful, and it can hurt as as you get those 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 negative parts of your life chiseled away. Like you talk about even a drug addiction, um, that that's kind of like the low hanging fruit as far as like easy ones to talk about yeah. are. But I mean, kicking a drug addiction is painful. It, literally, like it's painful. The withdrawal symptoms of of, of kicking drugs is is painful, um, and it hurts. And there are, as God transforms you and calls you to to um, be more like Him, it means you're putting away things that may have been habits that you've lived with your entire life. Well, I think the one of the things is we we talk about, you know, we wanting the Bible says Christ came to give us life and to life to the full, and. Yes, that is a joyous and happy life. It's a life that's good. It's a life that we want. But the process to getting there is not necessarily a smooth road. Mm. So, you know, it's sometimes it's it can be painful because we don't want to let go of something or that thing attaches us to memories or friends, but God moves us through those painful situations to bring us to the joy that he wants us to live in. Part of that relationship with Christ is the fact that we know we have the hope of eternity because of what Christ has done for us. And so when Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, that really helps you deal in a balanced way with the troubles that come to know he's going to be there with us. He's going to get us through, and we're going to get to be with him forever. It's going to be okay. So there's this there's this third aspect that I, I, I touched on earlier, and, and you touched on it at the end of, of something you said, which is it impacts your relationships with others. You know, you, you mentioned, and I, and I want to kind of push back on this a little bit, um, not because I disagree. I agree. I just want to see. You talked about spending time with Christ in prayer and Bible study. Well, if I go read the book of Acts, 
right? After Jesus has left, they, not everyone was carrying around 66 scrolls with them to be able to read the Bible every day. The only way they could read it was was by going to the temple every day and even having it read to them. So a big part of the way they lived was through community. That was the expression of their relationship with God. So I want to talk about that third aspect of community with our relationship with God and how it's expressed. Yeah, I had a, I had a similar thought um, for years, actually, um, community, but also the importance of prayer that I think we too often miss. Um, Daniel, didn't have the scrolls to take, you know, to read all these people. They didn't have the Bible yet. They had these huge, powerful faith building relationships with God. You know, sure they messed up. You know, Noah built the ark, and then he became uh, a drunken fool for a little bit. Um, and these people, they messed up. But somehow, without this, without Scripture to have in their hand every day, they still had a powerful relationship with God. And I think that comes down to, yeah, prayer and community. The Bible does say in many places that fellowship's important, many places. And it even talks about in James the importance of confessing our sins to one another. That doesn't mean I confess all my deep, dark sins to you, but if I've wronged you, I need to be talking to you about it. Uh, the Bible speaks about, in a number of places, our need for each other. We need to hold each other up. And that's something the body of Christ offers that sometimes is hard to find in the world. We have a very individualistic world. I do my thing. I go, my, I go home. Leave me alone. But the Bible calls us to community together, to support one another, to hold one another up. I, I think that's huge, and, I, and I'm really glad that we touched on it. I know I forced us to touch on it, but still, I, I think it's important because I've actually – I've had conversations with church members um, – in several different churches where they've, where they've said, look, you know, they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and they say, I've been an Adventist or I've been a Christian my entire life, and I just – I try to read the Bible every day, and it, it doesn't matter. Like, I can't – I don't understand what I'm reading. You, you know, I hear this sermon that talks about all this context, and I'm like, where are you, where are you even getting that? And so there's, these, there's a lot of people that feel frustrated with trying to have a relationship with God because they feel like they can't read the Bible and they've been told that the extent of their relationship with God is how much they pray and read the Bible. And I think community is is this overlooked thing, like being able to plug in to a physical, real, in-person relationship with other people that build you up, that encourage you to be the person that Christ is transforming you and, and, and calling you to be. Like, I think that's so vital. Yeah, we're super affected by who we come in contact with and you know, the things we put before us, like if I'm forever watching, um, let's just say Game of Thrones or some show that may not be appropriate for Christians, <laughs> um, and if I'm forever watching that, those that language, that attitude, those thoughts become the way that I think. I remember when I was a kid, I was – I'd watch this like karate show. I don't know if it was Karate Kid. I don't remember. <laughs> but I remember thinking after that I was a ninja and me and my buddy would fight and jump around and kick. Mm -hmm. And that's how uh, pervasive these things are. When we watch them, when we hang around people that act a certain way, that programs us. And so when we're in a community with believers, um, if they're genuine in their relationship with Christ, it's going to affect us in a positive manner. And I think we need that more than ever now, as I, as I touched on. We are a very individualistic society, 
And uh, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron the way one man sharpens another. We need each other. In other words, God, the God who knows everything and can do anything, says you need each other. I've made you that way. You know, I think it is important, this community aspect, and we haven't really mentioned prayer um, that much. But for me, in my experience, my relationship didn't come alive in Christ until I developed a prayer life. I mean, I I could read the Bible a bunch, and I would know some things about God, but I didn't actually get to know God until I started to develop a prayer life, and that transformed my relationship with God. Well, I think um, I think we've kind of misunderstood too uh, the, the prophetic voice. And what I when I say misunderstood, I, a lot of people when they think prophecy or a prophet, they think someone who predicts the future. But most of prophecy in Scripture is correcting or rebuking um, present actions, and a lot of that future revelation is saying like, if you keep doing this, then X will happen. So stop doing mm-hmm. this so that X doesn't have to happen. And my thing is when we pray and we ask for God to show us something, right? I, we see it all over scripture that God speaks through people. And so I think holding yourself accountable to other people, whether it's accountability partner, someone like a best friend, a parent, a brother, a sister, whatever, a spouse. And then sometimes God uses those people to answer the prayers that we have desperately been praying. And that is something that's not a cop-out answer. I like, I see that all over scripture. <laughs> I, he literally did it through Jesus. <laughs> When you think about uh, Nathan, he came to David. David needed to be corrected. God sent a man to do it, and he did it. Yeah. I just think veggie tails and rubber ducks when I hear that story. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, So that happens when you have small kids. And I think it's important to, when I'm talking about wanting to be the person that God is calling me to be, because ultimately that's what a relationship with Jesus leads us to, right? Um, it means that I need to submit myself to that accountability. So it's not just like one of the things that I had to do was go back to a lot of my friendships and I had to say, hey, look, I want you to be someone I can read the Bible with. I want I want you to be someone that I can talk about God with. And I have friends that don't even believe in God uh, that – that because I've gone back and set that foundation and said, hey, look, you're someone that I value and someone I want to be able to talk about my life with. So this is a huge part of my life and I want, I need you to support me and walk with me through this. Like that's been absolutely huge for me, but it took a lot of awkward conversations with people to tell them, hey, if I mess up, I'm giving you permission to yell at me, to, you know, proverbially, proverbially punch me in the face until I wake up and understand what I'm doing is wrong so that I can get the answers to the prayers I've been praying and I can, and I can get on the path that God wants me to be on. That's one of the most powerful things you can do is have an accountability partner, prayer partner, whatever you call it. I have one. He and I uh, meet together every two weeks. And I can, I can guarantee you I would not see as many victories in my life if it were not for that relationship. It's funny. I know God knows what I need, and I know he knows everything I'm doing, but when I have to answer to you, I'm going to get her done. Yeah, exactly. And God knows we're that way. Yeah. Uh, so as we're kind of winding down, thank you guys so much for, for your input on this. I think we've we've kind of touched on a lot of practical stuff that you can look for, some identifiers. So uh, just as, as we're in our, our final minutes together, any final thoughts, words of encouragement for our listeners? 
I think that it's it's really important to just search for God. Uh, one of my favorite favorite scriptures right now is Psalm seventy verse four, which says that you need to hunt and search for God, and basically you will be rewarded. We need to we need to just do something to get closer for God. And the longer we put it off, the harder it is to get closer to him. We have to just invest, just get in there, whether it's reading the Bible, going to church, praying, but start now. Hmm. And God loves us unconditionally. That helps to, to realize, just go ahead and give it a shot. Don't worry if you don't get it right. God loves you unconditionally. The Bible tells us in Romans Height nor death nor any other created thing. Nothing can separate us from his love. When you know your love like that, you're free to try stuff and make mistakes. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think asking is important. If you don't know how to pray or you don't know how to read the Bible or whatever, ask somebody. If you see someone that you regard as spiritual, talk to them. See what they do. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, actually. One of my first sermons when I started pastoring was about prayer. I was analyzing the prayer of uh, Nehemiah. And uh, his his approach to prayer and the actual structure of his prayer. And I preached on that. I preached that as a two-part. And one of my members came up to me and she said, Pastor, I've been praying for months that God would show me how to pray. And your sermon was the answer to that prayer. Um, it is amazing what happened. I had no idea that that was what was happening. Sometimes you just don't know that God is using you to answer someone else's prayer. And it's amazing. It's a, it's a wonderful privilege to be a part of that. Um, so thank you guys again for coming on. This has been really great. I've been encouraged by it. And to our listeners as well, I hope that this has been a blessing to you. And I hope you are encouraged in your walk with Christ. And, and you have maybe some ideas or some new things that you can try and, and, and look for in your own life. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.